Well, good morning. How's everybody doing out there? Good? Wonderful? Yeah, all right, man. The Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord or to the gravel field of the Lord. Whatever it is, it's good to be in God's house or on God's gravel field. I want to make sure who's ever counting the number of people that are like attending this service, don't miss the cow on the hill up there. He has joined us today. Let's welcome the cow this morning. Come on now. That's right. Hey. If you're breathing, yeah, you're a part of the service today. So thank you. Welcome to every single human and to the one cow that is joining us today, this morning. I'm excited for what God is doing, and I know you're in your car, and so you may have to turn down your radio a little bit, because I get excited about what God is doing uh, in this place, and even though we're outside, I'm still, I'm even more excited about what God is doing being on a grass field here. I'm excited because yesterday I went, I got the tour of the Egg Ranch, the future home of Sanctuary Church. I'm excited about that, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, that this morning. But I do want to say this, that they thank you to Pastor Rod. Pastor Rod and I go way back. So I've known Pastor Rod since I was a youth pastor in Las Vegas. I was about in my 20s. And uh, man, God just knit our hearts together. I've been to his house. I've stayed over at his house. I've been here. This is probably my 10th time preaching here at Sanctuary Church. And I've seen different people like Tim and Amy and Joe and different people that I know and Taps, all these guys. I feel like we're coming home. And honestly, since the COVID, my grandmom actually, she's kind of shut in. And so she's been watching. She, she totally ditched the church that I worked at. And now, and now she watches Sanctuary Church. So I want to say hi to my grandmom, who is one of the most faithful members of Sanctuary Church. And she told me, she said, when you see Pastor Rod, you tell him if he wants more roast beef to let me know. All right. So grandma's taking care of Pastor Rod. But it's exciting to be here. This is like family. It's like coming home. I love it. It's great. And I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful for what God is doing. I'm thankful for what God has done in my life. You know, as we gather here this morning, we are reminded of the goodness of God. We're reminded that God, even in the midst of a time of uncertainty, even in the midst of a time of confusion, that God is still good and He's still working and He's still powerful and He can still do great things in our lives. The Bible talks about that in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number 3 verses 14 through 20, talk about what God has done for us, how God has worked in our lives. How many can testify this morning that God has done a great work in your life? Come on now, all right? I know some of you, hey, there we go, hey, there we go. Some of you are honking and yelling. I know you're saying amen in your heart, all right? I'll take that. You're saying amen in your heart, even though I can't hear it. Hey, God has done so many things for us in our lives. He has saved us. He's redeemed us. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 3, verses 14 through 19, it talks about how He's given us His unsearchable riches, how He's blessed us, how He's surrounded us with blessings. And even sometimes when we don't think uh, that God is blessing us, God is blessing us even more abundantly than we can even imagine. Let me say this. God has done so much for us. God has done so much for us and he will and wants to do even more through us. Now don't miss that. Don't miss that. God has done so much for us, but he wants to do and he will do even more through us. The Bible says this in Ephesians chapter number 3, verse number 14. It says, For this reason I bow my knee before the Father, for all the heaven and earth is named. He says in verse number 17, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, 
that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to, with strength, to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasseth knowledge, that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. God, hey, I'm, I'm standing here this morning on this wooden platform in the midst of this California sun, on this gravel ground. I, if there's nothing else you hear from me this morning, I want you to hear this. Hey, God has done great things in my life. Amen. God has done great things in your life. We can testify all day long of the good things that God has done. God is good all the time, even when we maybe lose a job, or even when things are going on around us in our life. Hey, we have to stop. And though we don't know what may be happening tomorrow, I know one thing that will happen tomorrow. That is that God's goodness will continue in my life. God will continue to work in my family. He'll continue to work in my life. He'll continue to sustain me, to help me, to to support me, to bridge me up, even in my fears, even in my distresses, even in my trials, even in my challenges. God will do what he says he will do because he is doing a work inside of us that we cannot even imagine. God is good this morning. God is good. And we praise the goodness of God. We praise the faithfulness of God. And that's what Paul was trying to do here. He was trying to get these people to stop. And even though they were experiencing challenges, he was saying, don't miss what God has done for you. He was trying to redirect their focus on God's blessings and God's power and God's love in their life. He reminds them that God has done great things in them. But then we see in verse number 20, in verse number 20, we see that he changes. And he goes from talking about what God has done in them to what God will do through them. It's interesting. You don't miss this verse now. Verse number 20, he says this. He says, Now unto him that is able to do uh, far more abundantly than all we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. He says to these folks, he says, Listen, God has done a lot of things in you. He saved you. He's loved you. He sustained you. He's helped you. But he said, I'm going to tell you this, that for all that God has done in you, he wants to do even more through you. Don't miss that. For all that God has done, you think about all that God has done for you, how God has saved you, how he's loved you, how he sustained you. Paul says here, he says, listen, for all that God has done in you, You've got to start believing that God wants to do even more. He says in verse number 20, far more exceedingly abundantly. Far more abundantly. He says, God wants to do even more through you. Now, it's easy sometimes to see what God has done in us. We can look at our lives. We can see the goodness of God. We can see how we've been saved. We can hear the testimonies of God's faithfulness in times of difficulty. But sometimes when we look at our world, it's hard to see what God wants to do through us. There's a lot of challenges in our world today. Can we just be honest for a minute? Can we just say that our world is going through a lot right now? That there are people that are hurting, people that are confused. There's a generation of young people who are trying to figure out what they truly believe and what they really want to stand for and what their legacy wants to be. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of uh, confusion in our world. And if we're not careful as Christians, we can look at the world and we can ask the question, where's God in all this? Where's God in the confusion? Where's God in the pandemic? Where's God in the hurt? Where's God in the injustice? 
Where's God in, 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 in the different areas? Where's God in the politics? Where's God? Well, I don't see God working. If we're not careful, we can believe that God has done great things in us, but because we don't see God working in this world, we doubt what God can do through us. Let me say it this way. We doubt God's power to change the world because we perceive a lack of his presence in the world. We doubt God's power to change the world. We look around and we say, oh, I know that God has done incredible things in my life. I know hey, I can stand up and testify of the goodness of God in my life. But you know, when I look at the world, I don't know. You're telling me that God wants to do even more through me, that God wants to do greater things in this world, but where's God in this world? Where's God in the hurt? Where's God in the injustice? Let me tell you this right now. God has positioned you. He has put you in this culture. He has put you in this community. He has put you in this church so that he can do a great work through you so that his name could be glorified. I know some people get discouraged about what's happening in the world right now. Some people get down and think, man, oh, it's all coming to an end and all the news uh, outlets tell us how bad it's going to be. I want to tell you, hey, I'm excited because you know why? When things are bad, that's when God is good. Hey, when things are down, that's when we look to God. Hey, when things are going wrong, that's when God makes it right. Hey, this is a perfect time, a powerful time where we'll look around and say, you know what? Man, things are pretty bad and God says, oh, I'm just about to do a great work through you in this time. I'm excited. And God wants to do a great work through you. Here's the question. Do you believe it? Do you believe that even with all that God has done for you, that he's ready right now to do even greater things through you? We doubt sometimes. We get discouraged sometimes. We want to give up and quit sometimes. And we think there's no way that God wants to do a great work. And let me say this as clear as I can, that I believe that God wants to do a greater work than he's ever done in this time right now. That God wants to use you. God wants to use this church. God wants to use these people, this group of, this wonderful group of people that would meet on a Sunday morning in a dirt field and set up a wooden platform with the most narrow steps I've ever had to climb up. I thought I was climbing the Empire State Building here when I climbed these steps. To come out on this place. Hey, look around right now. Listen, this is not us having a good idea. This is God working in this church. This is not us coming up with some scheme to try to, hey, this is God this morning. Hey, we look around. Hey, when people drive by, they say, what in the world is going on? They having a party over there? They having a little a carnival over there? No, they're, they're driving by and saying, hey, God is doing something over there. God is taking a field and, and bringing glory. God is taking a mess that is an egg ranch, and he's going to build a miracle out of it. God has taken your life that maybe was messed up, that was broken, that was hurting, that was, that was confused, and God has taken it, and he's made it good. He's made it right. He's brought reconciliation. He's brought you redemption. He's brought you grace. And what God has done in you, my friend, this morning, do you believe that God wants to do even more through you? Because people are hurting. People are going through difficulties. People are wondering what's going on in life. And they need a place to turn. They need a, can I say it this way? They need a sanctuary they can find. A place of refuge. A place of safety. A place where it's okay to not be okay. A place where they can find hope and healing in the midst of a hurting time. And we see here that God wants to do great things through us. And we need to be reminded this morning. We need to be reminded of why God wants to do it and how God wants to do it. And that's exactly what Paul does here. Paul comes to these, these Christians and he says, listen. He says, God has done great things through you. 
He wants to great uh, in you. He wants to do even greater things through you. But if you're going to believe that God is going to do greater things through you and through this church, then there's a couple of reminders that he gives. Reminders that we need to hold on to, that we need to cling to in times of doubt and times of fear. He says, number one, be reminded that we have riches through God's Spirit. We are rich in God's Spirit. Verse number 14, it says this, For this reason I bow my knee before the, uh, before the Father, for whom all the family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner being. We understand here that God reminds us that, hey, the reason why I want to do great things through you, the reason why I'm ready to do a great work is because I've given you my riches. You are rich in Christ. Listen, there is no class system in the family of God. There is no, there is no rich side and poor side. There's no the good side of the tracks and the wrong side of the tracks. Hey, in God, we are all rich. In God, we have received all of his riches. In Christ, we are redeemed and we have the riches of God. And, and Paul says here, listen, if you understand you have the, the riches of God in your life, then it ought to humble you. It ought to bring a humility to your life. He says, for this cause, I bow my knee. Listen, Paul, the writer, he understood where he came from. Oh, come on now. He understood where he came from. And you know, sometimes we, real, we think that, man, hey, uh, man, I'm, I'm pretty good and things are going well. Hey, I'm going to tell you something this morning. No matter where you're at, no matter how much God has prospered you, no matter how much God has blessed you, never forget where you came from. Never forget where God brought you from. Never forget where you could have been if it wasn't for the grace and the mercy and the love of God. I'm thankful to be up here preaching uh, the gospel here in California. I'm thankful for God and my family and all the blessings that God has given to me. But I, may I never forget the broken family that I came from. May I never forget the hurt and the pain that I grew up with. Why? Because when I think back to that, when I think back to what God brought me from, hey, it humbles me. And I say, man, though I may not have everything I want in this life, I have have everything I need because I'm rich in Christ. We see we are accepted in God's family. He says, for whom every family on earth and heaven is named. We're a part of the family of God. God is our Father. And we need to be reminded that God is our Father. He'll be faithful to His children. Red and yellow, black and white. Hey, come on now. They're all precious in His sight. Oh yeah, I'll tell you right now. I'm getting, oh, I'm getting excited right now. I don't want to get too going because I might shake the microphones off these platforms. Hey, red and yellow, black and white. Hey, they're all precious in His sight. There's nobody that God looks at and says, oh, you're not good enough. Oh, you're not white enough. You're not black enough. He says, listen, as long as you're breathing, as long as you're living, hey, you come to me, man, humbly yourself and I will make you a part of my family. Hey, this morning, church, we are rich in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are rich by the Spirit's power. We are rich we don't have to worry or fear or give up or give in or doubt. Hey, God is on our side. And if God is for us, hey, come on now, who can be against us? Oh, I'm telling you, we are rich in the Lord Jesus Christ. We see there's humility towards God, acceptance in his family. We need to be reminded this morning that we have the riches of God in our life by his spirit. But then also be reminded this morning of the reach of God's love. The reach of God's love. You see in verse number 17, it says this in Ephesians 3, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. Listen, God's love is the stability for our life. It's what gives us 
rooted. Some of you know about rooted. Come on now, how many know about rooted, right? Okay, right? He says being rooted and grounded in love. The love of God is truly, what he's saying here is that God's love is the foundation of our life. That it should be the thing that brings us stability. The thing that we are rooted in, that we are planted in the love of God. That God loves us no matter what. That God loves us no matter what we've done, no matter what we did last night, no matter what we'll do tomorrow, no matter what happens around us, God loves us. Some of you, listen, some of you are really afraid right now. Oh, some people are really afraid. There's a lot of fear in your heart. A lot of things going on in your life, wondering what's going on, what's going to happen. And you turn on the news and then you get even more fearful. Come on now, come on now, right? And you turn on the news and you think, man, I'm going to get, now, and I thought I was okay. And I turn on the news, now I'm really afraid, right? Because they tell you all the wonderful things that are going to happen if you do this or you don't wear a mask for two seconds or whatever. And you, we have this fear. Let, let me tell you something right now. God's love ought to be what sustains you. Listen, it ought not to be a, something that you find outside of God. God's love is the stability and the foundation that you need to be reminded of every single day that we are rooted in His love, the reach of God's love. But then we see God's love reaches every life. God's love is a stability for our life. It should, it should root us, and we should hold on to it. But then God's love reaches every single life. I love this here. He says, that you may with strength be able to comprehend what is the, with all saints, what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ. Listen, there is no, let me say it very clearly, there is no one out of the reach of God's love. There is no one out of the reach of God's love. It doesn't matter how far you go. He says, you may be able to comprehend what is the breadth. God's love is wide. What is the depth? God's love reaches low. What is the height? God reaches, God's love reaches up even to those that think they're above God or they don't need God. There is no one out of the reach of God's love. And Sanctuary Church, let me say to you this morning that God wants to do great things through you. Why? Because there's nobody out of the reach of God's love. And listen, there's going to come a day where people pull on this parking lot and it's not going to be tents and a dirt field. It's going to be a beautiful church building. Do you see it? Come on now. Do you see it? A beautiful church building. And people are going to walk in and they're going to think, man, wow, look at this place. Look what God has done. And they're going to come in. And yeah, they're going to enjoy the nice carpet. They're going to enjoy the nice green space. They're going to enjoy the nice uh, amenities that people have sacrificed and given towards. But what they're going to hear is the love of God. And they're going to think, there's no way that God loves me. There's no way that God could forgive me. There's no way that God would redeem me. And then Pastor Rod or somebody will get up and say, let me tell you about the love of God. Let me tell you what Jesus did for you. Let me tell you that Jesus came to this earth, bore our sin, died on the cross, rose again from the grave. Hey, let me tell you that there's nobody out of the reach of God's love. God wants to do a great work in this place. God wants to do even greater things in this time. That's why we can't doubt. We can't hesitate. We can't fear. Why? Because God's love can change a life and there are so many lives that drive by that see that wonder where is love in this life where can I find purpose in this life hey let me tell you something you can be found in the faithful consistent never-ending everlasting love of God no matter how far no matter how high no matter how deep no matter how, how low somebody goes no matter how high they think they are no matter how far they run away hey God's love is chasing after them and we need to be reminded God do a work in us God do a work through us why because we want to share the love of God with a community that thinks that nobody loves them oh I'll tell you God's love reaches every life and this morning maybe you're here and you say you know I've never experienced the love of God never experienced God's grace 
in my life. Let me tell you this morning, listen, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, God's love is reaching out to you right now. In your car, in your lawn chair, God's love is reaching out to you. And God calls you to Him today to come to have forgiveness of your sins, to be redeemed, to be forgiven. And the Bible says all you need to do is have a just simply pray and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Savior and His love will cleanse you and forgive you of your sins. But we see here the riches through God's Spirit, the reach of God's love, and then finally this morning we see the result of God's power. The result of God's power. It says in verse number 20, it says, Now to Him that who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. You see, when God does a work through us, through our life, through our church, He doesn't want to do what, he's, what, what we think can be done. He wants to do what we can't even imagine could be done. No, don't miss this. He says, now unto Him that is able to do it far more abundantly than we can ask or we can think. Listen, when I talk about doing, God doing a work through you, when we talk about God doing a work through this church, when we talk about God taking steps and believing in Him, we're not talking about something that we can explain. We're talking about God doing something that is unexplainable, that is impossible, that is far beyond what we could ask or think. God does more of the impossible. We have to trust Him. That God, when you do a work through us, that you want to do impossible things. Listen, some of you this morning, right now, you're dealing with something and you think there's no way that God could do that. You're dealing with an impossible situation. It's overwhelming. It's beyond your imagination. You can't even think. You're praying and asking God and you think the only way that's going to happen is if God does something impossible. Let me tell you, my friends, this morning, remind you, hey, God is in the business of doing impossible things. God is in the business of taking something that it seems uh, so far-reaching, so impossible, and God gets the glory for it because when people walk by, they say, hey, God did that. God worked in that way. God worked in that situation. I can't help myself. You got to excuse me for a minute. I got to direct my attention over here, right here. Because yesterday when I was taking, I was walking around, Pastor Rod, he's showing me where the bathrooms are. He's showing me where the kids' space are. He's showing me this. And we're stepping over broken eggs and we're stepping over forklifts and we're stepping over all kinds of trash. And we're walking through the, 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 the building like this, you know, stepping over stuff. And he says, oh, over here is where this is going to happen. Over there. Hey, listen, let me tell you this right now. That's impossible. But with God... Come on now. But with God, come on now. Some of you finishing my sentence. Hey, that's impossible. Hey, but when God does the work, He doesn't want to do what you think can be done. He wants to do beyond what we can imagine or think. Yes, that's impossible. And God says, ha ha, that's impossible. Perfect project for me. Perfect project for me. Because when that project is done, when God comes in and God builds a church on this dusty piece of ground, when people drive by, they'll say, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how it happened. And we can say, oh, we know exactly how it happened. God did it. God did it. God did it. It's interesting, the work that God wants to do in our life. He says, the result of God's power is that we'll see God do the impossible. When we believe, when we believe that God wants to do even more through us than what he's already done in us, then what happens, the impossible becomes possible. But then notice this last part here, and I'll be done. He says, he says, the verse 21, he says, Now to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. What is God saying there? The final thing he says is this. He says, 
that when you trust me, when you, when you allow me to work through you, and you come together and believe that I'm going to do greater things through you than I've already done in you, then here's what happens. Here's the result. Ready? The impossible happens. And God is glorified in his church for generations to come. Now, don't miss this. Because he says here, God's glory in the church becomes generational. See, this is important. What we're doing today is not about today. And what we're believing that God can do today goes far beyond today. But God says, if you will believe that there is room for more, and you'll believe in the impossible, then I will do a work that is so impossible, that is so magnificent, that is so powerful, that not only will it affect, come on now, not only will it affect your generation, come on now, not only will it affect you today, but it will affect generations to come. I see a lot of little kids out there today. A lot of young people out there. A lot of boys and girls. And they're wondering, they're, they're, they're going to have vivid memories of this place. Vivid memories of this. And think, why did we do that? What was it all about? Why did my mom get me up early and, you know, make me, you know, put on my clothes and drive to a dirt field so I could sit in the back of a car and, you know, drink a sippy and, and you know, have some, some cheese crackers, right? Why did we do that, right? Because then eventually they'll see what God has done because there was a mom. Come on now. There was a mom. There was a dad who believed that God could do the impossible. And so they got up early. They got the kids ready. They drove to the dirt field because they just believed that God was going to do something impossible. And now not only will it affect you, but generations to come, there will be boys and girls who are now adults who will stand and they'll walk their little boys and girls out to this field. They'll say, let me tell you something right now. I know you see a parking lot. I know you see a beautiful building, but let me tell you what daddy saw when he was your age. A little boy. I saw the glory of God. I saw God work. I saw God take a broken down egg ranch. Just take a handful of ordinary people who were broken, who were hurting, who God redeemed, and they just believed as a church that God could do more. And now we stand here today, generations from now, praising God, giving him glory in his church for all that he has done through us. That's why we do this. That's why we meet. That's why we keep pressing on. That's why we believe there's room for more. There's room for more. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that God wants to do even more through you, through this church, than what he's already done in you? You say, man, Pastor Steve, but God, God has saved me. And God has redeemed me. And God has given me his riches. And God has given me his love that I'm rooted in. And you're telling me after all of that, that God wants to do even more? Yes. Yes. He's not done. There's no pandemic going to stop God. Hey, I know a lot of things have changed in this world, but let me tell you one thing that hasn't changed. God hasn't changed. We still need to trust him and believe him for impossible things for the impossible things. Not so that we can be glorified, but so that generations from now, young people can see and testify of the grace and goodness and possible power of God at work in your life, in your family, and in this church. Lord, we come before you this morning. And God, we are thankful We're thankful, God, for all that you have done in us. And God, we're thankful for what you're going to do through us.
God, I thank you, Lord, for working in our life. Father, I pray that you'd help us not to fear. Lord, as we think about the impossible things that you want to do, Lord, help us not to fear. Help us, God, not to be afraid. Lord, help us to believe and trust you as a church that, God, you want to do even more than we can ask or think so that generations from now, people, young people, can praise the Lord and say, God did it. God did it. God, increase our faith. Give us boldness. Lord, give us strength to believe you, to trust you, to be rooted in your love. God, we thank you for all that you'll do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.